this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. 3 a.m. You hear a knock on the door. Who could it be? A karate chopping scully? A steak wielding molder? Maybe just the pizza boy? Even the most innocent of people might have something sinister lurking under the surface. It's always handy to keep safe. That's why this week's sponsor of the Bloom Files are our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. is out there. And here, who knows? But either way, we are opening up the Bloom Files here on Post Show Recaps, an X-Files first watch slash rewatch podcast. Hi, everybody. Mike Bloom here to discuss two very different yet very ridiculous episodes of the (laughs) X-Files season five. I'm reaching out my hand right now just to make sure that my co-host is indeed real and I'm not a part of some sort of weird virtual reality. Though I guess me reaching out indicates that I have arms, Angela, so that mm-hmm, means that mm-hmm. I'm not in virtual reality. Yeah, no, you're not weird amputee Mulder. <laughs> yeah, that's a, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, I'm assuming this virtual reality was like they scanned Mulder's mind yeah. and sort of like projected yeah. his fantasies. So he's got something going on here, some sort of irrational fear of getting his arms cut off. Yeah, and then also um, super into weird nurses. Yeah, well, I think more so uh, into Karate Chop Scully. Mm, mm-hmm. Who isn't, though? That's true. She is has universal appeal. So we're talking about two episodes today, episodes 11 and 12 of The X-Files Season 5, Kill Switch, a.k.a. the one that's not about video games. Yeah, no, it's not, but it's written by the same people who do write the video game Right, one. this yeah, is like so, the prequel. Yeah, I mean, I was just trying to get you pumped because it's like video <laughs> game E. I'm not like a video gamer. It's AI. It's AI, like as if? Like as if. Um, it's, it's like, it's part of that. No? <laughs> well, it's, it's two episodes that I would say that are about like strange narratives. Yeah. Between the virtual reality of... I just Kill thought Switch. you would like Kill Switch because it's like oh, I love, very. I, I like, like Kill Switch because it's very schlocky, yeah, like, and like nerdy cyberpunk stuff. Yeah, well, it's very much I think evocative of the times. We talked about yes. this a little bit with the um with the the lone gunman stuff yeah, yeah, of yeah. 
the 90s view of hacking. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because, like, I, I think I saw someone say... Just think, remembering her raccoon eyes. Oh, my God. But yeah, we'll talk about Esther. <laughs> love it. Uh, love Esther. And we're also talking about Bad Blood, which is a much better episode, I would say, overall. Oh, yeah, for sure. Know, fit, we fits, probably could have just done one on Bad Blood, but I thought we'd throw in Kill Switch just for funsies. Well, Fitzy asked, uh, you know, is this is that the... Is Kill Switch the worst episode we've watched so far? What do, what do you think about that? Um that we've watched so far yeah definitely not of the x-files so far no i wouldn't say it's the worst episode i think that there are far worse episodes that we've watched including you know some of the more like arc ones yeah i think for me it's tough to say worst because i was more entertained Mm -hmm. by kill switch than i was by like the first part of some two-part arc episodes right like uh, i keep going back to the one, the the planes, trains, and automobiles mm-hmm. one. You know, I think that was Colony and Endgame. Yeah, uh, just the one where it's like Mulder running around doing. Yeah, because you stuff. like you learn a lot of info, but they're not as like interesting from a plot perspective. And this might be like not the most interesting plot of the Monster of the Week episodes, but I still find it more interesting it's than just, action adventure yeah, Mulder. It's ridiculous, and I think that's a common thread between these two episodes. Mm-hmm. Is I do think both of them don't really take things seriously, or maybe. Kill Switch does, and it I just doesn't come across it that take, way. It takes it so seriously that it's not serious. Yeah. Well, let's, let's just get into Qu- Kill Switch then. Let's not bury the lead here because mm-hmm. it starts on a pretty ridiculous note, right? Because here's yeah. some like disheveled guy working at a computer at the Metro Diner, which I'm assuming like is probably not the diner they go to, right? Though it looks like every other diner in this show. No, no, it's not the diner that you're thinking of that Skinner got shot in. Right, I just keep thinking like, oh, some musty diner, but I guess they all exist in Washington. There's diners everywhere. So yeah, they're in a diner. This guy's like... (laughs) trying to hack the system. Yeah, with this like duct tape together laptop. Uh, But, you know, essentially he, his whole thing ends up getting busted up because what so what are we so here's what happened okay so tell me what's happening here now that you know the whole episode and the ai and how it's like it's conscious yeah basically this guy is trying to like trying to beat the ai right he's trying to get in and kill it right because they essentially he has the virus this group of hackers unleash this like yes. ai into the net into the net and he's trying to fix that mistake yeah i think esther says what like it, it went off the leash almost. yeah it went off the leash and so he's sitting there in this diner trying to fix that but the ai finds him and in order to get rid of him calls a bunch of drug dealers from different like gangs, gangs i guess yeah so several drug dealers they re- all receive anonymous phone calls about where their competitors yeah, like, and oh, they're your, like your enemies in this diner right yes. now. And so they all are told that the other one is there. And then the last phone call that they that the AI sends is to two US Marshals. Right. And they receive it about an escaped prisoner. And the basically once the US Marshals show up, a shootout ensues and everyone dies. It's weird. It's like it's almost like the twenty first century version of like, uh, or I guess twentieth century version of those robocalls, right? Like, yeah. as if you the drug dealer picks up the phone, it's like your car's warranty is in danger. Please call this yeah. number. So the AI is doing this to get all these bad people in one spot, so that the U.S. Marshals will kill everyone and hopefully kill the guy that's trying to kill him. <laughs> I mean, they was right. It get caught in the. I just feel like there's a better. There's way to gotta do be this. a better. There's gotta be a, also like the first way. the first like fifteen minutes of the episode are dedicated to this basically yeah, they really take a long time to drag this out because you're like okay like what's they could have done on? like just two 
and then yeah. the U.S. Marshals. But instead, it's like four. You and then just, then just one in the U.S. Yeah, Marshals. no, true. It's true. They could have just had like the person go there and the U.S. Marshals go there. But I guess they wanted it to be like a hullabaloo. Yeah, well, the hullabaloo. Right. Uh, the AI is non binary so we're calling it they they yes exactly <laughs> or just genderless i would say yeah. uh so i mean the whole baloo gets broken up here by Mulder and scully they're at the the murder scene Mulder finds the cd right that was about to be yes. well no the cd was in the computer he just didn't press the one button to deploy yes. it he just missed it which is weird it's also strange that they're called out to this but i guess it's in washington dc and it's like a whole like they're just called as fbi agents to the to identify the bodies of the drug dealers and that's mm. like the only reason they're there and they just happen to find this guy which is interesting because we're gonna find out that this guy is donald gelman mm-hmm. i mean Mulder's gonna recognize him but seemingly no one else does because, i mean why would you yeah yeah he's sort of like this uh he was a former silicon valley genius basically who went awol yeah uh when he realized when he didn't want to like sell out you well know? he didn't want to sell out and he didn't want to create artificial intelligence because he was ex- aspiring to do that and then realized it was too dangerous yeah, so whatever. Mulder's going to filch the CD from the evidence. Well, he takes the whole laptop, and then he finds the CD, and he just casually puts it in his stereo. And I think that's also, I would say, you know, that's a sign of the times. But I, I feel like there are people nowadays even still yeah, who that are would like, do that. you know, they pick up a CD that some guy in New York City's handing out on the street. Like, yeah, let me put this in my computer. Listen to this new rap signal. And yeah, like, your a computer virus. gets infested with, with malware. Yeah. Not to say that all rappers in New York City are infesting computers. No, I'm, just, I'm thinking I'm Mr. Robot personally. <laughs> um, but I, it's so interesting that the this version of like what the virus represents is a song playing and yeah. the lights flash in the car. The lights flash in the car, which yeah. doesn't make any. I guess sense. you're supposed <laughs> to understand that there's something more to this than the song that's on the CD, which is Twilight Time. Yes, it's but Twilight also, Time. Oh well, my God! It's like a ghost just appeared singing whoever yeah. sings that song. The platters. The platters. I don't know. One of those one-hit wonders. But. Yeah, one of those like uh, here's four guys singing. Yeah, I think you're just, I think the lights flashing is supposed to sort of represent. Oh, this is more than just a song on a CD. There's like gotta be a virus on here. Gotta, but like I just don't know logistically how that even works. I'm not sure you're supposed to, but you know who would know? The lone gunman. I was gonna say Gelman because he's dead. He is. G-E-D dead. Yes. So, yeah, they take, of course they go to the lone gunman, right? Because we know that these guys are hackers. <laughs> Total so hackers. We're going to get into the big picture hackers later yeah, we, on. We these sure. are like name brand Hall of Fame hackers. Uh, I also do love, though, Scully outsmarting the <laughs> yes, lone gunman. Yes, hilarious. Like, like, we can't hack this guy. It's so encrypted. And Scully says, oh, just check his email. Yeah, basically the tri- they're trying to like uh, decrypt. data on the cd and they're like we can't do it and then scully's like well i do have access to his email account and somebody sent him an email from the the name invisigoth yes with just like a series of numbers and saying david is missing yeah which is the shipping container id i I feel like well that's supposed to be played for a joke i do think that's useful sometimes of like bringing someone in who has that outsider opinion. Well, I mean, they wouldn't have known that it was a shipping container if Mulder and Scully weren't there either, because I feel like that's something that Mulder was very easily to easily able to recognize that string because he, I don't know, deals in shipping containers a lot. So they go to the shipping container and they both get tased. Um, excuse me, electroshocked. Is that what she said? She, I think so, but it's basically like this, like fancy taser. And we gotta. I mean, this is the star of the episode. Yeah. This is this is the spook of the this week. is the spook of like the year. Uh, so this is 
Invisigoth, aka Esther. Yeah. And she, oh my god, I love it. I love her so much. Yeah, she's great. Because she is so... She's in it to win it. She is... If you were writing a script in the 90s and they're like, hacker girl, and you just write the character description and like, it got struck by lightning and came to life a la Johnny Five, it would be Esther. It would be Esther. Yeah. No, she's very much, and the actress does an amazing job of just committing a whole hog to this character. Because it's so ridiculous, right? She has, as you mentioned, these giant sullen raccoon eyes. She basically has what, she's painted like a strip across her eyes that like goes to her hairline, which in my opinion is what you would do if you were putting on like a Zorro a Zorro mask. Yeah, like, or or if you were trying to do like, I don't know, some sort of post-apocalyptic well, primal thing, like something yes, out of the hundreds. Yeah, but know? like a lot of like the superheroes will have that like black on under so you can't see the uh, skin around mm-hmm, their eyes, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. kind of vibe, but she's not wearing a mask, so it's just black makeup. Yeah, and she looks incredibly pale gaunt her hair is how pulled. dare you yeah are you the hacker i didn't even realize that her hair is pulled back <laughs> pale like gaunt hair t- pulled back tight, into a tight bun sounds tight ponytail. like me. she's got well she uh unlike you she does have like black clothes on the she, entire time unlike me hmm. no you wear colors i do now i do wear more colors but i think what is most prevalent here throughout the entire episode is her attitude yeah she's when got one serious one, one of the first words she says is bite me you know, essentially, yes. like, you get what's advertised. Yeah, and she's somebody who um, is basically, like, inside a shipping container with a bunch of computers because she's hiding from the AI, too, is what we come to learn. Yeah, exactly. But she is, you know, both, I don't know, both, like, rebellious against the FBI, but then also wanting to GTFO because she figures out, like you said, she knows the AI yes. is onto her. And that includes the AI hacking mm-hmm. the Department mm-hmm. of Defense mm-hmm. satellites mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and sending a missile to the exact location where she is. laser. La- that was not a laser. Um, yes, it was. That was a missile. Okay, well, either way, they... Um, no, it's a supposedly by a particle beam shot from a defense satellite. That's wild to me. I, I mean... just send a missile? Particle beam. Why not? Why, why not just send a laser? But yeah, the, this is going to be sort of a marker of the episode is we're going to get a ticking time bomb in the form of like the Google Maps view. Sort yeah, of it's like the radar view. Of- just solely zooming in of, all right, triangulating location. Because yeah. while this AI is all powerful, it is the 90s after all. So it's not like completely lightning fast, apparently. Well, I think the be- the best thing about the 90s and this sort of technology is that anything is still possible. Whereas right now we know so much about technology that like, it's almost hard to do a show like this because, it, like you're, you were saying in the beginning, like, I don't understand the logic behind that because we do understand technology now. Right. We have much, a much better understanding. Whereas in the 90s, you could just show a green screen radar thing and it was like, okay, I guess the AI's finding them. Right. It's this idea like, of, LOL. Of, of, like, war games, right? Of, <laughs> totally. Oh, eventually, AI will grow so powerful that we will be unable to stop it. And you don't and think about how they, systems. yeah, you don't think about how the, the AI gets from A to B. You just think about that it got to B. Or A to I. Or A to I. So, yeah, they, despite, you know, uh, them escaping this, I will also say, I, I looked this up, that this is, I think, the most expensive episode Which they've filmed so far. I mean, it makes sense, considering that everything is exploding. Every Everything's other exploding, and they're using a lot of technology, and then they have basically the entire entirety of Radio Shack inside of a trailer later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, when they go into the virtual reality, right, it's also featuring yeah. a lot of CGI yeah. and green screens. So yeah, that's right. All the no things, arms. I mean, I think it shows that I think, you know, money is not necessarily exactly, by quality. Exactly. As it were. 
So despite, again, you know, they, they take Esther under their wing, mm-hmm. but she's still like, you want my address? It's T-O-A-S-T. <laughs> Toast. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like maybe that's, maybe that is her address. Maybe it needs to be decrypted. <laughs> yeah. But it's like they said, okay, right, you know, a rebellious teenager. Okay, what do the kids say these days? Yeah, they say bite me, right? They do. They, they, they do. say toast. They do. Like, that's that's what the kid... We gotta really tap into that jugular here. Anyway, we also learn about David at this point. David Markham. Yeah, which is Esther's quote-unquote friend. Sort of, though I, though I think there was a little something more, right? Like well, that's she, why I said quote-unquote. What do you think that means? Well, I don't know. Is it like I was innuendoing the quotes. Uh, I was saying friend. I th- it could also be taken the other way of like, oh yeah, you're not really my friend. Yeah, but... Context clues, Bloom. I suppose so. Uh, it's been a while since I've done that part of the SATs. I guess so. So yeah, he was. It was him. It was her, and it was uh, what's his name, Gelman. Yeah, Mr. Gelman. Uh, <laughs> we're all working on this virus together because Gelman basically built the AI and then found out it was too dangerous. And yeah. the, the only way to destroy it is to find the computer which it's on and put a virus into it. It's wildlife loose on the net. Yeah. That's, what I, that's what I love, too. That's why I love movies like Hackers, is when they refer to stuff as the net. Which the net. You assume that... I also, I, I told you about that. I was like, yeah, the net. Like, as if you knew what I was talking about, but there's the movie The Net, starring yes. Sandra Bullock, um, the 1995 film. Well, there's also a, another internet movie featuring uh, her partner in crime and speed, Keanu Reeves. I think it's called like Johnny Mnemonic or something. I don't know, but this one's called The Net. <laughs> but I love it because I feel like that's Hollywood trying to say, like, we're th- cool. This is what we're going to be calling it from now <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, it did not catch right? on. But even still, years after the fact, we're still calling it the internet. No one has copped to calling it The Net yeah, so no, far. And we're it's not going to be doing it. And we're not going to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not happening. Exactly. Uh, and also, Esther sort of like personifies the virus, right? Yes. She says, like, well, the virus has a sense of humor. Uh-huh. Uh, that's why a laser beam didn't get sent to the diner. It really is a, has a perverted sense of, of like, bloodlust. Yeah. Yeah, and they also talk about here how the anywhere that the the virus is going to be housed is going to require a T3 line, which is like basically a, a a giant internet cable. Like most things are T1 and then T2 and T3 is like Well, everyone off loves the charts. T2. T3 they were like, "Well, I don't know. It seems like we sort of got past that. I don't think James Cameron's working on it. Do we stop, really need a T3?" Stop. I hate you. Um <laughs> It's just a a, a secret are you bite yeah, me? a source for internet that's powerful. Yeah, well, cuz basically what again Esther's talking about is like, "Well, right now it's hiding out, gobbling yes. down all the data it wants." And apparently <laughs> it, you know, it's like staked out its claim in the government data. Yeah. That's where it can get its its mouth on some bites. Yeah, and so basically they're like, we need to find wherever they have this, somewhere that has a T3 line is where it'll be hiding. And so that's where Mulder uses a government force to find, like, a secret T3 line. Yeah, sort of. Well, what he ends up really doing is just, like, finding this place and then just following some wires. Well, no, I think he looked it up beforehand. Okay. He, like, found the T3 line. Like, they're... you know where they, they, they the government knows. The government knows. Uh, but meanwhile, Scully, and then he finds the trailer connected to exactly, it. Exactly, that's what I mean. Is like he goes to that place and then sees like, oh, this yeah. looks pretty derelict. Oh, what are these? Yeah, power lines. All right, let me follow that. Uh, meanwhile, Scully is supposed to take care of Esther, Babysitter, but like yeah. Esther dispatches her pretty quickly, but also like kidnaps Scully. Yeah, because she wants to, to go David Markham's place. She wants to go find her BF David. 
Um, and her BF is D A D. That house is destroyed. Like, no, I don't know. Scully's trying to be the optimist, right? She's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe he's not there. No, and she's, you know, Esther's like that. Her, she basically like bears her soul to Scully at this point, saying that her and David were planning to like run away together. Yeah, um, I mean, they uh, were also planning to like black mirror it and transfer their consciousness into <laughs> cyberspace via the AI. Yeah, basically, I guess. like oh, we had perfected because that's what Mulder finds, right? Yeah. He finds this like completely wild shack yeah. full of full of computers like stacked floor to ceiling wires computers, computers and metal then like two just... of these sort of like i don't know vices or no they're like headsets. um like hookups yeah but hook- for people yeah <laughs> jack into the matrix type situation well and so the interesting thing is scully's not exactly wrong david wasn't at that place that no, got he destroyed wasn't. he, wasn't he was in the matrix he, so he tries to hook himself up i guess yeah or well i don't actually think that's the case i think that the ai finds him there and does what it does to molder and just puts him in and so and what, kills it- him and kills him. What was it like? If you die in the virtual reality, you die in real life. Well, I think you would also just die if you were stuck to that thing for months. Yeah, I mean, Mulder like, had some pretty significant burns on him. So yeah, I imagine, and also like, like he that body looked like decayed. Like it had that been is there true. Yeah, it, didn't, it didn't, was necessarily it wasn't necessarily like oh this body. It's not. It wasn't had feeding him to it. It was oh this body just was like there for months at a yeah, time. Yeah, and it died. Um, yeah, but this is a wild idea. Like you said, uh, Black Mirror did not do it first. This idea of, uh, or even upload of putting your con- consciousnesses into the net Mm -hmm. to leave your body behind and essentially become immortal exactly or that's um johnny depp movie yeah, I forget about it. I referencing it on the Westworld podcast, but, they, but that, that one where like he's an internet mogul who dies, but his consciousness is in the internet after the fact. I do not remember that. Um, I just remember the one that's um from Transcendence. That's the name. Oh, I just remember the Black Mirror episode where they yes, San Junipero, where they plug themselves in. Much less happy. Uh, there's there's some you know fun tech alert here mm-hmm. where the Mulder having the doorbell that like scans his fingerprint and then immediately is able to identify him based on that yeah i, I mean we even have that nowadays no we have fingerprint scanning how do you think i open my computer yeah but i don't think like it would go into like i would imagine if you have like a database of yeah, yeah, yeah you would have to people like this is just going into like the overall maybe world database i suppose well, i think you'd have to be fingerprinted and maybe because yeah. he's an fbi agent it was able to figure out who he was you yeah. know, like if you scanned it, maybe it wouldn't. But if I did, it would because my fingerprints are in a database somewhere. So, yeah, like you said, Mulder ends up getting hooked up to the other body. Stuff just starts sparking around him. Yes. So I guess, again, that's part of the process. And yeah. we're led to believe that Mulder is found and taken to the hospital, mm-hmm. even though pretty indelicate EMTs, right? They say, like, oh, we got ourselves a crispy critter here. Yeah, and they're also, like, the nurses are wearing, like, 1950s nurse costumes. Yeah, yeah. and we're also, like, the doctor is, like, this peculiar old man, right? Yeah. Like, the way it's being filmed is almost very dreamlike, where there's yes. a lot of, like, almost near fisheye yeah. angles. Yeah, and it's also very just, uh... Very strange. I mean, the strange just continues when Mulder's laying in the bed and the nurse comes over like, oh, uh, they had to do something because you knew too much, Mr. Mulder. Yeah, you gotta tell them. And it turns out that he's uh, (laughs) missing a left arm. Yeah, just one, though. Yeah, uh, pretty interesting. Maybe that's another thing that had to be added to the budget is like the effects of making him look like a a single amputee and then a double amputee. CGI, there's crazy. Yeah, and then he's, uh, you know, doing his David Duchovny scream, which is, ah, ah, Samantha. (laughs) And then the nurse 
hopes that she's going to help him and she starts to smother him. Yeah, she's going to smother him and he's going to wake up again. And this time he's going to be missing two arms. Yes. Meanwhile, Esther and Scully are, you know, trying to, I think, make their way to where Mulder was. Yes, they're trying to find that virus. She's not able to like they think that they've found the AI where it's housed. But the AI is tracking them to the point where there's this entire like sort of climactic scene where (laughs) they're stopped at a bridge and like they hop onto it as it swings around just in time and there's a truck behind them and it gets blown up yeah and basically like scully is trying to tell esther to throw the computer into the water because that's where the the kill switch is and she thinks that's how they're tracking them exactly like and that would probably make the most sense it's like if you're trying to track someone if you don't have any technology on you the ai can't track you well the ai tracks that computer and laser strikes it again yeah, exactly. Uh, so then we get into what might be the climax of the episode. Certainly, I think the scene that everyone talks about where <laughs> yeah. Mulder is sitting there now with no arms. A farewell to arms for Fox Mulder here <laughs> as Scully dumb. comes in and starts fighting off the, the nurse. Yeah, she, she's like, no, like, that's my Mulder and like kicking and it's punching. Incredible. And- it's absolutely incredible. I love it. I love it. It's so cheesy. And we're going to get into next episode, I think, like more of a psychological perspective as to how Mulder and Scully view each other. Yes. But again, I do think this is a bit of a peek into that. Of, yeah, this is Mulder's like fetish of Scully that's as like a weird thing. Yeah, it's sort of like is like I think the, the AI is trying to satisfy his deepest fantasies as yeah, odd as that is. And I think he thinks it's hot when Scully kicks butt. Yeah, I mean, and, and he's it not is. lying. Mm-hmm. Though it seems like, you know, David Duchovny was doing a pretty good acting job because yes. I saw that he was not a fan of this. No. <laughs> he basically <laughs> he thought this was dumb. He said, uh, you know, when he when he was basically directed to be impressed with Scully's karate skills, he responded, but I have no arms. I've lost my arms. Why would I care about Scully's karate? Because <laughs> it's a dream. Get get it together. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Like, don't don't bring some verisimilitude into this. Yeah. But this is where the, you know, some more budget comes in because Mulder is going to, like, get up out of the bed and he is going to kick Scully. Yes. Because, because he knows, he that, knows she's not, that she's fake. And she basically turns into polygons. Yeah, she turns into polygons and, like, melts away. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, that's when Mulder realizes that the fantasy is broken up. If there was ever an indication to us that this wasn't real, I suppose the the jig is up. Yeah. Um, And then Scully's able to find Mulder, though. Yeah, and so basically what they realize is that Mulder's been taken hostage in exchange for the kill switch. Yeah, and but they're like, we don't have the kill switch, and Esther's like, I do have it. I hit it. I Mm -hmm. tried to double-cross you. And so Scully's able to, like, get into the trailer, put this put the CD in the drive, and I guess that releases Mulder. Um, but well, Esther's still there, because yeah. they're, they're being tracked. Well, basically what happens is, like, Moya, Mulder gets released because they're like, oh, you have the kill switch. But Esther essentially says, like, okay, they're coming after me. I'm going to put myself under. Like, she sort of, like, sacrifices herself. because Because she, she wants to go to the net, right? Like, she, she still wants, wants to, to go pursue to the that net. Shangri-La. Wants, yeah, with David. But I think the issue is here that they thought that this was going to that they were going to kill the AI with this kill switch, but and they thought this is where the AI was being housed, but it wasn't. And so they realized that at the last minute. Right. It's, it's like a monster movie, right? Where it's like, oh, yeah, we finally killed Freddy. And then, you know, yeah. to the end, question mark? It turns yeah, out he was yeah. alive that still. Yeah, so I guess, like, uh, Esther joins the AI in there. Yeah, that's, the and I guess we get a confirmation of that in that, as they're discussing it, the lone gunmen get a message on their computer yes. that says, bite, bite me. me. 
Which could just be the AI pretending to be Esther. It's so true. Because it has a sick sense of humor. Yeah. And then the last scene that we get is just panning to a trailer in Nebraska where there's security monitors or cameras monitoring around the outside of it. Yeah, it's just an RV that has been sort of, like, fenced off. Mm-hmm. And they sort of do, like, the whole haunted house thing. Yeah. Of, oh, I threw my Frisbee in yeah, the... like, Jimmy threw the, the football The place in with the spooky RV. Mm-hmm. And that's where the virus is living. Yes. Is just, like, hanging out in an RV, gobbling down all those bites. Yum, 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 yum. Yeah, I mean, the ending didn't necessarily work for me because I never really thought of it as, like, a monster movie. Maybe it's just because, again, like you said, this was more of a sign of the times that the big spooky internet Mm -hmm. was more of a a monster than than now, which is just, like, technology is everywhere, so it's become more normalized. Yeah, totally. But otherwise, like, this was completely ridiculous. I think it's a good episode. I think it's, it's like, very very fun. It's very silly. It's also a good insight into, like, one of those episodes that's, like, very much so 90s culture yes <laughs> subculture well we go from culture to cults as we're about to talk about bad blood but everyone take a break go grab some pizza not too much pizza though don't want you drugged up and we'll be back talking about the next episode it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, Angela, we're going to talk about bad blood. Baby, now we got bad blood. Did you not? I was just attempting to do my best Luke Wilson from Mulder's You stole my thunder. I wanted to sing bad blood. Okay, I apologize for stealing (laughs) your thunder there. Bad blood. This is a ridiculous episode. This is the, one of the best episodes. Uh, yeah, a lot of people really enjoy bad blood. I did too. I do. I will admit off the top here, it felt a little odd to me that we already did Jose Chung's and that we're sort of doing it again it, here. Well, they had success with that style. I think that you need to watch it again without taking notes because mm-hmm. there's a lot of nuance in the the way the scenes are put together, especially like as Scully's doing the autopsy, there's mm-hmm. a lot of comedy there because of the way it's done from her view and the way it's done from his view. So I think that you should watch it again without taking notes because I think you'll get a little bit more from it. Well, it does have the added wrinkle that Jose Chung's was a Rashomon, but from all these different 
people. Yeah, like, and this is just from Mulder from, and yeah, Scully. from anyone but Mulder and Scully. And this is from Mulder and Scully. So I think it has that advantage in that. But this is telling you how they think of each exactly. other. Exactly. Like, it's a, finally a window into their brain of how they think about each other, which is interesting. You'd think working on the job together for five years, you would gain certain, like, nuances about your coworker, but it does seem they think of each other rather bluntly. Maybe that shows some, like, fatigue working together. Well, yes, and I do think they're also, they're character caricaturizing mm-hmm. them each other in a way that you know because this was such a ridiculous case for them yeah i think if it were a different situation with you know more nuance or whatever maybe they would be a little bit more kind but um i think it's like Mulder's annoyed at scully because she was flirting with luke wilson and she's annoyed at Mulder because he stabbed a kid you know like all this <laughs> stuff yeah you know, well let's start with the latter actually because i really love this cold open <laughs> where we see you know this teen guy the kid from the sandlot Yes, kid from the Sandlot, um, running through the woods, you know, telling, you know, screaming, stop, no. Somebody help me. Uh, and he gets tracked down and he gets staked by somebody. And the person chasing him and killing him was Mulder. Although I feel like you should have known it was Mulder because of the trench coat. But that might be interesting. No, I mean, I just assumed that a lot... It was like some random guy. Yeah, that it was... Well, I think that's what a lot of our cold opens are, I know, but they show a lot of... I'm just saying that I'm very used to seeing that Mulder running with his 90s trench coat, so I knew it was, you know, like, you know it was Mulder right away. Yeah, I'm not necessarily used to his... Maybe because I think more so about the times he doesn't wear a trench coat, like when he wore the all-denim outfit when Mm -hmm, he went to Puerto mm -hmm, Rico mm -hmm, in the beginning of season two. But, yeah, Mulder turns out to be, to stake the kid, Scully finds him, and then those fake plastic vampire teeth fall out of the kid's mouth. Yeah, so it's like, Scully, Mulder thinks he got a real vampire, and then all of a sudden Scully's like, these are fake teeth. And Mulder goes, oh, shh, and then cut the credits. <laughs> Which I, I love. I love that, because that's something that d- isn't done yeah. on the show at all. Like, they, they do not, they do obviously, like, <laughs> adult situations, but they, they never use profanity. Lot, yeah. Um, yeah, so they are basically the episode starts with them talking to each other about how they have to go talk to Corey or sorry, Corey. Corey? <laughs> Skinner. What where'd you get Corey from? Work. Oh, okay. <laughs> they went they're going down to the quarry to talk to Skinner. Yeah, because it's a disciplinary hearing. Because Mulder killed a person <laughs> thinking that he was a vampire. Though, you know, I I think uh Spencer Spencer pointed this out in his uh in his feedback that Mulder does know that some form of vampires exist, right? Because this is an episode that we skipped. This is the one between in the middle of all, like, the Scully gets kidnapped stuff. No, so that's totally different. That was, like, vampires, yes, but, like, it was just a cult of people who drank blood. So it's, uh, okay. like, you remember in the later in the episode when Scully's, like, there's people who have an erotic fixation with fixation yeah, with blood? Yeah, and then replies, erotic. Yeah, but that's that was the episode with that. Okay. And there's, there's also a, a Chupacabra episode, yeah, I, was gonna but say, I don't know. A lot that, of references. We So you told me we did not watch this, obviously, but I'm, it would make sense, right, with the X-Files, if you're dealing with the weird stuff. You're dealing with mythos. Like, it would make sense to have a Bigfoot episode, to have a Chupacabra episode. I actually really like the Chupacabra episode. It's really weird, but... um, What happens? Do they encounter one? But it's like a guy. It's a guy? Yeah, and he, like... It's very weird. And there's, like, yellow rain, and it's confusing. So it's it's this thing... Sort of like here, right? Or not yeah. just not here in the first vampire episode of, okay, you think it's the Chupacabra, yes. but actually it's this thing. It's this guy that has this disease or whatever, yeah. But Mulder is a little testy, obviously. Like, <laughs> yes. he is uh, takes out his aggression on a trash can. Yeah. <laughs> because not only is, obviously, Mulder in trouble, but apparently the family of this kid, Ronnie, is yeah. suing the FBI because uh, Mulder killed Killed him. As far member. as we know, they killed... 
this kid. Yeah. <laughs> but essentially now Mulder is going to kind of get across Scully, right? And be like, what are you going to tell Skinner? Yeah. Because Scully's like, I can only tell him what I saw. And he's like, okay, well, what did you see? Because yeah, it kind of sounds like you're going to throw me under the bus. So Mulder asks Scully to recount what happened. So this is how we start the episode with the version Scully remembers. Yeah. And so... We really get to see Yeah, Scully's in her version, version, Mulder is this, like, overexcited, insensitive, all, and just, like, annoying AF guy. Just all over the place. Like, he's so excited. Yeah, and she's, like, calm and collected. And reasonable. And reasonable and intelligent. And that's, like, how she sees them both in yeah. her in her version. Yeah, and so version. we get this here, right, where Mulder is going to, in both cases, like, the straightforward story is Mulder has a case of a bunch of cows in a small Texan yes. town being drained of blood with two puncture marks. He thinks vampires are at work. Because recently a tourist was found with the same situation. Exactly, happening. which is a little bit of a, of a different situation. And so they're going to go investigate it. And they're going to meet... Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. So in Scully's version of events, Luke Wilson is charming AF. Yeah, he's got like the chiseled jaw. Might as well put like a glimmer in his wink. Which is interesting. You know, I think from what I researched, this episode is really celebrated for like doing the reversal yeah. of the male gaze and mm-hmm. that it's not... It's Scully. M- Mulder's <laughs> not the one lusting after, which is surprising. Like maybe just because we don't really see a lot of romantic involvement no. with Scully. I was a little surprised she fell for this guy. I think she's like over the bullshit with Mulder right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he's being super annoying in her in her eyes, so she sees this guy, and he's, like, simple, and he's nice, and she's, like, charmed by it a little bit. And he, like, also wants to play ball with her, right? Like, we talked about that erotic moment, yes. but when she goes into all these explanations yeah. as to what vampires He's listening to her! That's yeah. all a lady wants, is a man to listen to her. Maybe he just walked into her life at the right time, you know? Of like, I don't oh, think she's actually interested in him. She's just, like, casually gazing no, I at think, him. I mean, I think she's lusting after him, but, like, not loving him, if that makes sense. Like, I think she could thirst after him. Yeah, thirst is different than lust. Because I feel like blood. when women lust, they're, like, trying to get it on, where she's just kind of, like, enjoying his presence. No, she get, she's, I think, uh, loving the comfort more of a vibrating bed than yes. Luke Wilson's <laughs> sheriff at this point. Yeah, and so basically, in the interaction with Luke Wilson, or Sheriff Hartwell... Um, basically, uh, m- they've discovered that, uh, well, Mulder's acting crazy, first yeah, of all. Yeah, Mulder, uh, <laughs> finds the guy's shoes are untied. He goes, wait! <laughs> he goes, this means something. Yeah. And then <laughs> He's he, very intense. <laughs> and then he grabs Scully by the shoulder, and Scully's like, what are we even looking at for? And he goes, I don't know. <sighs> yeah. It's, it's so great. Like, David Duchovny... His, really yeah, I think David Duchovny is so funny in the Scully version. Yeah. And that Scully is so funny in the Duchovny version, which is like hilarious. Um, but yeah, so basically they, Mulder says, I'm going to take the sheriff and he's going to take me to the cemetery. Yes. And he says, is there a cemetery around the spookier the better? <laughs> 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 and meanwhile, he has unfortunately like foisted the autopsy yeah. upon Scully, and, and we she's get- like sighing and dragging. Yeah, her and, feet. and I think this gives great insight as to like how what she- always happens. But <laughs> well, I think also how she feels when she has to do the medical doctor side of things. Sometimes, yeah, right? she doesn't always want to do it. Like, there's it's kind a of a real- pain in the butt. She's so bored. She's there's a montage that's really great of her throwing all the organs onto a yes. scale, sort of like haphazardly. Yeah, and like I like how she says each weight, and then the last one she goes yada yada yada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then she's like... Well, that's what she does in the Mulder version, I think, actually. Yes. Uh, and 
then there's all there's also some fun little things that happens with the Rashomon, like how she talks about, oh, I went to this hotel, mm-hmm. and it shows up on the lower third, and then Mulder says, <laughs> yeah. well, actually, it was this one, and then you see it, like, untype yeah, it and retype again. Yeah, because they can't even agree on the name of the lodge that they stayed at. Speaking of the lodge, have you ever been in a hotel that has a vibrating bed? I don't think so. I don't think I have either. I've, s- I've seen them in movies and stuff, though. I definitely think it was, like, a really popular thing in the 80s and 90s, and then it just, like, kind of went away. Did it go out of style? Do you think that went away with COVID? No, I think it went away with um, technology. Yeah, but do you think the last stake in the heart maybe was COVID of, like... I'm sure they still exist out there. The issue is that it's coin-operated, so it went away with the... That's it, true, Like, yeah, the unless, invention of credit cards. Do you accept Stripe? Yeah, do you accept a Stripe or um, a Square? Yeah, exactly. Is there a place where I can put my card in with the chip to help the vibrating bed? I feel like the vibrating bed also is one of those innocuously created, yet used for very dirty reasons. You know? Yes, exactly. Like, having a bed that can entirely vibrate, you can have a real fun night with that. And I don't just mean eating pizza on it. Yeah, and so they end up with Scully having done the autopsy, exhausted. Yes, and in comes... Kick, kicking her feet up, ordering a pizza, because when she... The, I guess we forgot she to was mention... like, fantasizing about yeah, it. Yeah, because we, we forgot to mention when she's doing the autopsy, in the contents of the stomach are pizza. Which is weird. I mean, I yeah. Guess you I mean, be, I guess you're a little clinical when you're a doctor. Yeah, but, and I think you get desensitized enough to the stuff that you're like, oh, I there's don't some pizza know. in there. Oh, I could go for some. Yeah, and so that's kind of where we leave off. Is where she's in the hotel room. Mulder storms in. He's wearing like his outfit is all muddy. Yeah, and he basically says like, "There's another dead tourist. You have to go do another autopsy right now." And she's like, "You're being unreasonable." And then Mulder throws himself onto the bed and laughs maniacally as Scully yeah. has to go off and do another autopsy. So he's giggling because it feels nice. Yeah, exactly. So, well, I thought it was more so like a ha 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 ha. I've defeated Scully. No, he's giggling because he's like a dummy in this version. He's just like, oh, this is nice. La 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 la. So Scully realizes that there is a common denominator between these two victims. Both had chloral hydrate, which is a drug in their system, as well as pizza. Yeah, exactly. Scully's and also so- going to she's also going to get a call here from nobody. Which is like, considering all the stuff that happened with Emily, Scully, just stop picking up the phone. <laughs> no, so she picks up the phone, she hears breathing, and so she she does hear something on the other end, and she's just, she basically assumes it's like a creep, because at the end she goes, creep. Yeah, but also, <laughs> like, considering everything that happens whenever Scully picks up the phone, like, maybe just let it go to voicemail sometimes. So, by the time she puts two and two together, realizes what's happening with the pizza, gets to the hotel room, sees Mulder passed out, and here is the pizza guy bearing what looks to be like fangs and like darting past her yeah she basically sees him hissing and then uh, running away and so when she goes to see Mulder, he's obviously drugged up all he can do is quote the shaft theme song i love that when he wakes up he's like quoting the shaft (laughs) it's like so funny oh that's a great version shut up you're so mean to me i love you no you know is that my your version of me when i tell you to like retell this the story yes i'm so frustrated like making stupid jokes and being very (laughs) mean towards you yeah exactly well let's get into Mulder's side of things i will say that like you said you know it's the comedy is wrought from how they view each other but i will say i think that Mulder's view of Scully is much more negative than Scully's yes, view of Mulder. Totally. Well, so Mulder really takes 
I guess you could say he's like not happy with her um, being interested in Luke Wilson. Yeah. He characterizes him in an extreme way. But I think in general, he views her as like a negative Nancy, a whiner, a complainer. Yeah. Whereas like she views him as like flighty. I don't know. I would rather be flighty than a whiner personally. Yeah, I guess that's true. So she, he views her as just somebody who like can't take her eyes off this guy and has no professionalism. But even before that, right? Yeah. You know, she's, he's the, going through the slides there and she's like, uh, we have to go to Texas. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So to that point, maybe it is tinged with jealousy, but Mulder really builds up yeah. Scully's thirstiness. Yeah, he, and he also builds up how, like, jealousy is of cute Luke Wilson, because he adds buck teeth to the oh, situation. giant buck teeth. I always, I like, remember this episode, and I, that's one of the parts I remember the most, because I feel like you're, you see the whole thing, Scully's version, and then you get back to the beginning with Mulder's version, and he has his mouth shut, and then all of a sudden he opens his mouth, and he has buck teeth. And he's like, oh, y'all government people! Yeah, yeah. I, well, I'll leave it up to you. Like, really stupid stuff. Yeah, like, oh, the, all right, there are no birds around mm-hmm. here, because it's winter. Yeah. He's really building up this, this hick. This hick. Just, like, the guy who doesn't know anything. And I do like Scully also protesting to that mm-hmm. as well. Like, wait a minute. Because then it clearly shows that she did hold a bit of a torch for him. Well, and it also clearly shows he didn't have buck teeth in the in the later version. Yeah. The way, I think what we end up getting is sort of like a, a mixture, mix. A yeah. mixture of that the he's two. not, like, like, so eloquent, but he's also not a total hick. Yeah, exactly. Like, he is... Uh, he's not a complete, you know, redneck, but his neck's like a little tinged. Yeah, exactly. Um, so in this version, Scully's performing the autopsy, and um, we watch now Mulder and the sheriff go to the RV yeah. park where yeah. there's a situation. But also, there's so many like Scully shade looks, right? Like oh, every yeah. time Mulder's talking to the sheriff mm-hmm. about all the different types of vampires, it just keeps cutting. She's to Scully. like rolling her eyes and like giggling. Yeah, Scully is like uh, you know the ultimate survivor juror, right? Where like yeah. someone's talking. And she's like, oh, I can't believe it. Yeah, but she's like also like smiling a little like, oh, he's so silly. Like, what a dummy. So Mulder basically says, you know, they're trying to figure out what's going on here at the cemetery. But Mulder says, whoever this this killer is, is going to be drawn to the cemetery. Q2 beep beep like. Hey, Sheriff, how you doing? It's me, Ronnie the Pizza Boy. Yeah, exactly. Don't suspect me at all. Also, I really I wanted to mention in the beginning of of Mulder's version how different he's acting. He's, like, very polite. Like, yeah. even when he's showing her the slides, he's like, well, I'm going to show you these slides, but, you know, it's you know, it's it's not that big of a deal. And he's, like, kind of, like, downplaying, so, yeah, so downplaying everything um, and plays himself up to be this, like, just, like, genuine, nice, kind. Which is, like, it's it's such a great perspective. Yes. Because Mulder can be so reckless sometimes, mm-hmm. but, like, now you realize he doesn't think he's at an 11. He thinks he's at a 5. Yeah, he thinks he's at a 5, and, like, he even, like, is downplaying it, like, as if he thinks Scully is so sensitive to the bullshit that she's gonna freak out if he says something. Which she does. Yeah, so the two are gonna stake out the cemetery at night, because yes. they still believe, despite the glaring clue in front of them, mm-hmm. that our killer's gonna come. And this is when, you know, Mulder's gonna have a conversation yeah. where, despite there being many misconceptions about vampires, one thing that apparently holds true... All vampires are very OCD. Yeah, this is like standard mythology, though. This is really, yeah, this is common. That I have you, never heard this before. Yeah, that they're like that. This is like part of the mythology that they are. They can't stand like um, mess or like it's like yeah. They if you drop a bunch of stuff, they have to pick all of them up. Oh my god! Oh yeah, I'm a vampire. Clearly. I was gonna say the pale skin. I thought. When I woke up with those puncture marks on my neck, actually, you didn't have the fangs, right? I you didn't just have sort of, the fangs. You just sort no. of gnawed on I, it. I gnawed at you. No, so this is like a 
um, pretty standard thing that you hear in like mythology, but yeah, that they have to like, um, they have to like stop what they're doing yes, and pick up everything yes. instead of pursuing their yeah, victims. Yeah, and like untie shoes and like un- basically like if you had your hair braided, they would have to take out the braids. Like it's also like commonly thought of as a fairy thing too. Interesting. Well, but, yeah, the fairy stuff. I you know, yeah. I guess maybe there's not an episode of Bluey that deals with vampires, so I don't know too much about it no. in comparison to fairies. Mm-hmm. But um, meanwhile, yeah. they're going to get called away from the cemetery to go check out the RV park because there's a situation. Something's amiss. Uh, there's an RV that's just sort of doing donuts mm-hmm. in the parking lot. Maybe it's controlled by AI. Who knows? Um, my, It's really funny because um, this is the part where Mulder, they try to shoot out the wheels on the tire. Yeah, and Mulder has to admit, like, as much as Mulder's coming across as, like, the very down-to-earth hero, he has to kind of come clean to Scully about one of his doofier moments. <laughs> yeah, totally. And so he is, like, pulling, he, like, basically, like, gets pulled around in a circle. Yeah, well, they try to shoot out the tires. Mulder admits that it's easier said than done, and so he has to go to plan B, which is him attempting yeah, to, Yeah, like, like, stop it with yeah, his hands? which is wild, because, I mean, this is a guy that did jump on a train once he upon did, a time. He, did. he cannot be the Jason Bourne here. He's screaming. Yeah, because it's just clearly not working. And again, this is Mulder's version of events, so you know that, like, this is actually the real deal. Yeah, well, especially with this part and so eventually it stops and they find another dead body um with the puncture wounds um and this is when you see now Mulder returning to the motel room and why he's all muddy yep um and he just scully's just like where were you what were you doing why are you doing that i'm tired you made me do another autopsy and yeah, she's like, like she's screeching like at the, him the nagging wife like why were you out so late uh and so Mulder's like like you're gonna have please just go out and do this again. yeah another autopsy but again, Mulder will admit to doing something not so nice he eats scully's dinner yeah he eats her pizza on the vibrating bed which is very tough to do you know yeah. he's able to, he's not able to pull himself up onto a moving rv but he can eat pizza on a vibrating bed yeah and so the pizza starts to affect him he starts to get a little drowsy and this is when ronnie comes back in yeah and this is when we find out that uh that that Mulder was the one the non-voice on the phone, right? Yes. Like he tries to call yeah, Scully, he's muffled. But, but the the the, the uh, drugs have taken effect, and so Mulder, with his like last ounce of non-paralyzed strength, throws a handful of sunflower seeds at Ronnie. I love Ronnie's vampire voice because you think like, oh, it's supposed to be big, and no, know, he just says, why do you have to do that, oh, man? Why'd you do that? He says, you're going to be in big trouble, <laughs> and so he has to stay there and pick up all of the the seeds. And I guess that's enough of a, a distraction. Time, yeah. So that by the time that Ronnie gets onto Mulder, and Mulder's version of things is that Scully shoots him twice in the chest, yes. and Ronnie goes flying off like, like a Peter flying Pan. squirrel. And she says, <laughs> "He says, well, I probably won't say that he's like a fly- flying squirrel to Skinner." Yeah, so we now get you know the the two versions of things. Clearly, there the solution is something in the middle. But for now. I was a little surprised by this. We go up to the morgue mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, we get our own little sassy coroner. Spencer let us know that I've never seen a uh, coroner gas, which is like a Canadian popular TV show. But I guess oh. they brought in an actor from oh, this. Oh, that's funny. Uh, but I do love his like probable cause of death. Gee, that's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> There's a giant ass steak sticking out of his chest. Yeah. And so he takes the steak out and he's like doing some notes and we see Ronnie like sit up basically. This is an interesting piece of vampire mythology. I guess I'd assume that. After you get, I guess maybe I'm thinking of True Blood or other like Bram Stoker stuff that after you get staked, I'm assuming you turn into dust or like. Well, goo. I mean, maybe he didn't hit the heart. I don't know. But like clearly the stake didn't work. So, yeah, well, clearly the stake was more so like a, 
yeah, like a stopgap measure. Mm-hmm. If you take it out, you just come back to life. No oh, problem. Oh, wait. Yeah, I think that actually, I've seen that in some vampire movies where you have really? to keep the stake in. If you take it out, then they wake back up. So maybe it's a thing where like, yeah, you uncover a vampire, like, whoa, look at this stake. And then the vampire comes yeah. back to life. That's funny. Um, but yeah, so basically he tries to kill the coroner, but he can't because he's, they took his fake teeth out. So he just gnaws at the yeah, coroner's neck. Like he, you see Ronnie sort of like feel for his canines, right? And like, yeah. he doesn't really have many. So he's just going to kind of like gum this guy's neck, which sort of saves the day for Scully and Mulder because they're waiting for Skinner to sort of give them, read them the right act. <laughs> yeah. Mulder's ready to jump in with his, I was drugged, uh, yeah. you know, case here. But Skinner then comes back by saying, like hold up bro we're not having this meeting today because you have to go back to texas because the coroner got attacked and ronnie's body is gone yeah so and they're like what um so it's very weird because they go back to texas to investigate and we see sheriff hartwell as he truly is yeah no, no buck teeth just normal guy but no buck teeth but a little simpler i think than scully made him out to be yeah yeah he's not using a lot of the terminology that he was using in the previous one but he seems like a nice guy but Mulder's gonna Mulder and scully are gonna get on the same page in more ways than one Mulder's gonna kind of co-op scully's earlier theory right that like yes. oh ronnie was sort of like a vampire movie fan uh, that's why he. But had, he was also a real vampire. Yeah, but but the reason why he was biting people is because like he was a fan of that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So he's his his uh, understanding of the situation, which ends up being sort of true, is that vampires exist, but they're not what we think they are. Right, and, they, they, and they're just trying one, to lead like normal everyday. And this lives. one kid is a little too obsessed with the mythology and is trying to be like a Bram Stoker's Dracula. And we get that because Mulder's going to go off now, go to the mm-hmm. the RV park, and Scully's going to now have her time. You know, despite his misgivings, Mulder's going to kind of set the two of them up. Yeah. And this is when the sheriff reveals, he says, uh, Ronnie makes us all look bad. Or, yeah, no, he says, I have to apologize on Ronnie's behalf. And that makes my, my ears perk up because I'm like, why would you Yeah, say your face that? was like, what? <laughs> and then, yeah, it, it turns out like it's pretty much implied and then really confirmed uh, that Hartwell and basically the entire town yeah, is made up town. of vampires. Yeah. And so basically we and then we flash over to, to the RV park and Mulder finds Ronnie in a coffin, which in is coffin, dumb. But like listening to a Walkman. So, yeah. Like, it's like. Oh, he's just going to sleep. Yeah, exactly. And he tried to arrest him, but he's surrounded by all the vampires. And we, we kind of see him go down, like yeah, Walking like Dead style. Like a zombie movie. He tries to make a, a cross with breadsticks. <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious. And, it, and I love it, but it doesn't work. Like, he's trying to, okay, uh, I know that this might be a stereotype, but, like, let me try this. Yeah. That's what I like about this episode, too, yeah. is, is they don't know to, what they're doing at all. Exactly. They're like, all right, is it this type of vampire? Is it that type of vampire? Um. But basically, uh, he gets attacked to the extent that they drug him and leave him in his car. <laughs> yeah, so that's the interesting thing, is that you would think, okay, this is the end for both Mulder and Scully. But no, it was more so that these town of vampires, like you said, they're trying to live yeah. under the radar. Ronnie ruins this for them. They were just they were the ones that were biting into cows yeah. this entire time, getting their, their bloodlust going on. Or even if they weren't biting, they were just like drinking animal blood or, or yeah. human blood from a hospital or whatever. Yeah, but Ronnie kind of outed them. And so they basically yeah. just had to knock them out, not kill them, so they could pull up stakes, in a manner of speaking, yeah. and move out of town. Yeah, exactly. So I like that. I mean, obviously, it was one of those things where I'm like, how the hell are they going to get out of this, especially after Mulder gets like besieged upon with the vampires? But 
all they really wanted was to get the FBI out of their hair so they could get the hell out mm-hmm. of Dodge. Yeah, exactly. And so the Mulder and Skiller are just kind of telling Skinner what happened. And they're just like, at the end, well, I guess uh, we were drugged. That's essentially what happened, yeah. except for the part with the buck teeth. Yep. Exactly. So this was a really fun episode. Not only was it funny, which of course I appreciate with some episodes of the X-Files, like this is clearly an episode from the fifth season when you know the characters well. It's also a really fun glimpse as to what the two of them think of each other. Like we know they obviously care a lot about one yeah, another. Yeah, but I mean, they're they're so close that, you know, they get annoyed with each other. Exactly. It's one of those things where, like, if you hang out with someone for a good portion of time, like, their faults become more magnified, mm-hmm. where you might only see them from that perspective. Yeah. And it's also an opportunity for David Duchovny in particular, but I think also Gillian Anderson to an extent, to, like, act different. Yeah, you and know? I do think it's funny, too, because you th- you think that there should be some sort of, like, ulterior motive to these vampires or, like, you know, right, there there are, like, not really a lot of snakes no, involved. it's just, like, the the vampires are all a huge community, and one of them is an actual idiot, and his name is Ronnie. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so they're just like, all right, I guess we're going to move over to the next town. We'll yeah. drive up in our RVs. Yeah, exactly. Our, a surprising RV theme across these two episodes. Um, also, I read online that in order to create the glowing green eyes of the vampires, fluorescent material was glued to the actor's eyelids. Oh, dear God. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm so happy nowadays that, like, either CGI or just contacts exist. Yeah, that's disgusting. That's <laughs> I would not want to have, like, no. green tinfoil glued to my eyes to make that cat eye effect happen. Yeah, whatever. Weird. So who's who's the spook of the week for this one? For this one, I'm going to go with Ronnie, mostly because he's, like, um, kind of dumb. I'm going to go with... I, I guess I'm going to go with, this is more of like a weirdo of the week, but I'm going to go with both versions of Sheriff Hartwell. Not obviously the composite, but both versions of him because they were so just like over the top and wackadoo. Yeah, I agree. So we're going to keep going here. We're actually going to go to the next two episodes of season five, but they're two very different episodes from what we just talked about. We talked about two monster of the week episodes. But now we're moving on to two arc episodes. Yep. Season five, episode 13, Patient X. And season five, episode 14, The Red and the Black. Red, the blood of angry men. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) No, no lame is references here in season five, episode 14. No, not for me. Thank you. It's interesting. Spencer made a note, actually, that I believe Bad Blood is the official halfway point of the series from a chronological perspective. Yeah. And I think also kind of from a thematic perspective as well, it's like very well put together and very well like done from a production standpoint yeah and i i wouldn't say that uh you know the common thinking is that it's all downhill from here it's not but i will say that i think uh we'll spend maybe less time lingering in these future seasons as we do in some things like season three four and five yeah five is like by far one of those seasons where you just like kind of want to talk about every episode Mm -hmm. but you can't because you just can't because you're doing this podcast you're doing this podcast and they told me i can't anything you can tell us about patient x and the red and the black you know honestly i don't remember so it'll be a new a nice little remembering experience for me as well amazing so we'll see uh your version of it my version of it and the overall version of it next week as we cover (laughs) episodes 13 and 14 if you have thoughts about it like fitzy and spencer do every week you know what to do x files at postshowrecaps.com bloomfiles at postshowrecaps.com on twitter at Ange Pelagi, at a Mike Bloom type, at Post Show Recaps. Uh, we're starting, you know, I guess the back half of the series. Mm-hmm. It's wild to say. It's been we're a very. We're starting on the butt of the series. We're starting on that fun little juicy sloped butt. Ew. 
You're so weird. What was the, which did you take precedence uh, upbridge with? I think slopes. Slopes was the one you had a problem with. <laughs> it was confusing. <laughs> Juicy and then sloped. I guess yeah. those don't fit together. No. But next week, Patient X, the red and the black. We're gonna keep going through with season five, which has just been really a lot of fun so far. Special thanks to Corey B for his fantastic theme song. We'll be back next week. Until then, case closed. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.